This is the second conference, and this is on the visitation of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Now, one considers himself fortunate when he's visited by some royal personage. Then there's two reasons, because of the honor that redounds to that person for such a visit, from such a visit, and the advantages that he may be hoped for in the future from that visit. However, dear men, I know you understand that more fortunate is the person who is visited by the queen of the world, who cannot but fill us with riches and graces, those blessed souls when she deigns to visit them by her favors. And Our Lady certainly has visited you. Certainly has visited you. We have some of the most stellar men in our country here today. There was a man in the Old Testament. His name was Obedidam. 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 Excuse my pronunciation. He was visited by the Ark of the Covenant. But how much greater are the blessings? How much greater are the those persons who are enriched? who receive a visit from the living ark of God, and that's what they refer to as the Blessed Virgin Mary. This was abundantly experienced by the house of John the Baptist, whose feast we celebrated yesterday. For the Blessed Virgin Mary had scarcely walked in the door when she heaped graces and heavenly benedictions upon this whole family. She's the one who spoke first, greeting her cousin Elizabeth. And for this reason, the Feast of the Visitation is commonly called the Feast of Our Blessed Lady of Graces, July the 2nd. This Divine Mother is the treasure of all graces. First, let us consider what, that whoever desires graces must have recourse to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And secondly, he who has recourse to the Blessed Virgin Mary should be confident of receiving the graces he desires. After the Blessed Virgin Mary had heard and been visited from the Archangel Gabriel, had heard that her cousin St. Elizabeth was six months pregnant, the Blessed Virgin Mary was enlightened by the Holy Ghost to know that she too was with child the incarnate word had become her son and was pleased then to manifest to the world the riches of his mercy and the first graces that he imparted upon the family of Zachary therefore without any delay Mary rose up she went into the hill country with haste with haste, she quickly went. She gave up her quiet, quiet contemplation to which she was always devoted. She quit her beloved solitude. Mary immediately set out for the home of Elizabeth. Charity compelled her to do so. Her charity could not support delay as St. Ambrose remarks on this gospel, the Holy Ghost knows no slow undertaking. Even without reflecting the arduous journey, this tender virgin, still a teenage girl, 
immediately set out to see her cousin Elizabeth. She didn't go out of curiosity. She didn't go with the bubbling over, oh, a child's being born. She went with a sense of duty, of charity, and to assist the, son, the man who would be the precursor of her son. On reaching the house of Zachary, Mary saluted Elizabeth. St. Ambrose remarks that the Blessed Virgin Mary was the first to salute Elizabeth. And the visit of the Blessed Virgin Mary had no resemblance of the worldly visits that we are used to today. These worldly visits often consist in just ceremony, hugs and kisses. Oh, it's so nice to see you. And outward demonstrations. These meetings of the worldlings are devoid of sincerity. And we look at our watch to see when they're going to leave. They're interrupting our plans. For the Blessed Virgin Mary's visit brought with it an accumulation of grace to Elizabeth and Zachary and John. The moment that the Blessed Virgin entered into the home of Elizabeth, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost and the young baby was cleansed from original sin in her womb. Infused with a certain sanctification, little John, he leapt for joy in his mother's womb. He also wanted to manifest his joy at the divine visit of the Christ child and his blessed mother and the graces that they had received from Mary. What John knew at that time, I don't know. That might be a future conference, John's conception, John's birth. Of course, her cousin was pregnant six months already. By virtue of Mary's salutation, St. John received the gift of the Holy Ghost, the divine spirit who sanctified him. When the Blessed Virgin Mary saluted Elizabeth, the dulcet voice of Mary, the voice of the salutation, entered into Elizabeth's ears, descended to her child, and by virtue of this, he, John, received the Holy Ghost. The first grace after the incarnation, after the incarnate word, is that God made Mary the universal channel, as she is called by St. Bernard, through which all other graces that our Lord is pleased to dispense should pass. She is the only channel by which he dispenses his graces. Oh, well, I go directly to God. That's the Protestant's answer. God doesn't want you to go directly to God. He chose his mother for a duty, <coughs> for a job, and he gave to her all the treasures of the redemption that she might dispense it for him. Okay? If you were a bank president and you had some vice president or some chairman that's supposed to deal with home loans, do you want everybody coming directly to you for home loans? You get aggravated. You've got to set up hierarchy and constitu constitution, so to speak. And that is what our Lord did. He set up the Blessed Virgin Mary as the dispenser of divine graces. I've mentioned to you before, um, for the two gentlemen who just came today, you're welcome to the, my notes on the first conference if you'd like them sometime. 
Uh, for this reason, Mary is called the dispenser of divine graces. She is both the treasure of God and the treasurer of God. In short, she is a storehouse. It's always wonderful when you have a big warehouse like Amazon or some other thing that never seems to run out of product. She is that storehouse. She never runs out of product. She always has graces for men, merited by her divine son. St. Bonaventure, speaking of the field in the gospel, you remember the story, in which there was a hidden treasure, in which a man found, and then he went and he sold everything he had, he hid the treasure again, he sold everything he had, he went and he bought the field and he was as happy as he could be. The blessed, the blessed Virgin Mary and the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hidden in the field which a man having found it and for joy thereof go and sells all that he hath and buyeth the field. The Blessed Virgin Mary is that field in which there is a great treasure found. In her womb is found our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He is hidden there. He's hidden under flesh and blood, our God. But he's still there. And she is the price that we should, she is the field that we should purchase. St. Bernard affirms that our Lord has deposited the plenitude of every grace in Mary, that we may know that if we possess hope, grace, and anything good, that it is from her that it came. We have quite an obligation to Our Lady to make a return. The fathers have assigned the quote in Ecclesiasticus, in me are, they've assigned it to Mary, in me are all the graces of real blessings that you men can desire in life. We know very well that all treasures of divine mercy are in thy hands, O Mary, says St. Peter Damien. All the graces that God has decreed for men, he has determined to grant through the hands of Mary, and therefore to Mary has he committed all the treasures and ornaments of grace. St. Germanus concludes, no grace is dispensed to anybody otherwise than through the hands of Mary. There is no one who is saved but by Mary. No one receives a gift of God but through Mary. These are the teachings of countless saints. You've heard, you will hear probably 40 to 50 saints throughout these conferences more than once. These are the men who led the faith in, the, in their day. St. Albert, ranking right up there in intellect with St. Thomas. You know, St. Thomas had such an intellect, he, could, he had a photographic memory. He could look at something once, he never needed that book again. He could reference it and recall it to mind. St. Thomas. St. Albert was right up there too. And St. Albert, as you, I believe it was St. Albert one day, who was having difficulty in the monastery, he tried scaling the wall. The Blessed Virgin Mary was there and said, get back in there. Where are you going? And he said, well, lady, I'm having such a difficult time with the studies. She said, get back in there. I will give you all the knowledge you need and I will take it away from you before you die to humble you. And so she did. He became the great doctor of the church, St. Albert. And just before he died, as he was given a sermon, he went blank. And he realized this was a sign he was going to die because Our Lady was taking back all that she had given to him. St. Albert the Great makes the beautiful paraphrase 
of the words of St. Gabriel the Archangel as he addressed the Blessed Virgin. St. Gabriel said, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found grace with God. St. Albert says, upon reflecting upon this phrase, Fear not, O Mary, for thou hast found, not taken grace as Lucifer tried to take it. Thou hast not lost it as Adam lost it. Thou hast not bought it as Simon the magician would have desired and sought to do so. Thou hast found uncreated grace in thy divine son. I'm sure you know who Simon the magician was. He was a man who converted in the early days of the church, very early days of the church, and then he saw the beautiful power of the sacrament of confirmation. And so not understanding exactly what the Catholic sentiment was, he approached the apostles and tried buying the power of confirmation. And he was reprimanded for his sin and made to do penance, which he did. Uh, and that's where we get the term simony, buying a sacred thing, an office or something sacred. You don't buy sacred things even uh, in our bookstore, uh, uh, things which have been blessed in the church, you may give a donation for them. You may give a donation to light a candle or for this item or that item, but you don't strictly buy them once they've been blessed, once they've been consecrated to God. Mary found grace so full that it sufficed to save all. Grace was such that it filled Mary, and so great was its plenitude that it could be poured down as a torrent on every creature. As God made the sun, that by its means light might be diffused throughout the whole earth, so he made Mary, that by, all her, by her all divine mercies may be dispersed to the whole world. I had the privilege about four or five years ago of seeing a video. It's called The Privileged Planet. I would encourage you very much so to see it. It's by Guillermo Gonzalez, which means William Gonzalez. Guillermo's today's feast day, St. Guillermo's. It's called The Privileged Planet. Uh, it had many proofs of creation. It's a creationist sort of film. And in it, he documents how NASA, I forget the name of this spacecraft, I don't know whether it was the Galleon or which one it was, they sent it nearly two billion miles out from Earth. And they gave it the command to turn its cameras back on the Earth. And they were all astonished, believers and non-believers. There was a shaft of light going from the sun to the Earth. To no other planet, just a shaft of light going from the sun to the Earth. And they all thought, Wow, wow. Uh, he got documents all this. He gives several other reasons for the proof of the creation of the earth, that we are in the, what they call a Goldilocks zone, where uh, if we were two degrees further away from the sun, we'd all freeze to death. If we were two degrees closer to the sun, we'd all burn to death and things. It's just amazing that uh, what he says, how the, even the, all the planets in their orbits do not collide with one another and all the uh, basically, the asteroids and things do not collide with the Earth. They go, go around. It was, just, it was just amazing, the evidence he had for the creation of God. St. Bernard adds that from the time of Christ's conception in her womb, Mary obtained a kind of jurisdiction over all the temporal manifestations of the Holy Ghost. 
This is St. Bernard. He's considered her son. St. Bernard lived hundreds of years after Our Lady. He's considered her son by devotion. The son of, son of, a son of Mary, a very special son of Mary. And he says she, got, she received a kind of jurisdiction. Power of judgment and decree over the graces that the Holy Ghost would give. So that no creature can obtain any grace from God that is not dispensed by his tender and compassionate mother. It follows that if we wish to obtain grace, we must have recourse to Mary, the finder of grace, who can obtain all things she asks for her servants. This teaching is derived from St. Bernard who says, Let us seek, for she finds. The Blessed Virgin Mary cannot be frustrated. She cannot be frustrated. If she asks it of God, God grants it to her. It is the will of God that we should have all by Mary, or all that we have should come from Mary. You have to have confidence, dear men. You have to have confidence. Uh, I feel I've never been without a day without a job in my life. Obviously, that comes with the priesthood. I feel for those men who may lose a job and try to get a job and try to get a job and try to get a job. It has to be so discouraging. I could not do it. You, you all are stronger than I. I could not do that. I would crawl up in my little hole and go away. Uh, but you have the courage and your skills should give you the confidence necessary to obtain whatever you need. Confidence is necessary to obtain the graces. So we ought to feel sure of obtaining graces when we have recourse to the Blessed Virgin Mary. She will grant us anything that is good for our souls. Our Lord deposited all the riches of his mercy in the hands of the Blessed Virgin. He wants her venerated. He wants her honored. And so he enriches her. She enriches all of her clients who love her, who honor her, and have recourse to her with confidence. Our Lord wants us to venerate his blessed mother. If I said something insulting to your mother, you wouldn't be too happy. You want people to respect your mother. So does Christ. Mary became as a servant to us, constantly enriching us with the graces she merited by her divine son. In devotion to Our Lady and in her intercession, the poor become rich. The riches of salvation are in the custody of the Blessed Virgin Mary for our benefit. St. Bernard again calls Mary that full aqueduct which others may receive of her plenitude. She was given to the world that her graces might continually descend from heaven upon men. You know, and I'm getting ahead of myself, I'm ruining it. The Blessed Virgin Mary, when she was taken to heaven, her heart was left here. And I don't mean physically her heart was left here, but her heart was left for men, it was left for mankind. She felt such an affection for poor, sinful mankind. The temptations that they would endure, the enemies that they would have to fight against. If the Blessed Virgin was already full of grace, what more could the Holy Ghost do to her soul? 
Mary was already full of grace, but the Holy Ghost caused an overflowing of grace in her soul. She always had a superabundance of grace for the good of our souls. And it was for this reason that the Blessed Virgin Mary is symbolized by the moon, who receives this light from the sun. We read in the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom, He that shall find me shall find life, and shall have salvation from the Lord. As it is easy to draw much water as we please from great fountains, so it's easy to find graces and eternal salvation by having recourse to Mary. We have only to seek graces from our Blessed Mother to receive them. Seek and you shall find, our Lord says. St. Bernard also says, it was because, of the, because the Blessed Virgin Mary was not yet born that in ancient times the grace, in ancient times the great abundance of grace which we now see flow into the world was wanting. They didn't have these graces in the Old Testament. They didn't have Holy Communion. They didn't have Confession. They didn't have the true Judith, the true Eve, to help them. They didn't have a mother of God to go to and ask her divine son to do something for us. This desirable channel did not exist. St. John Damascene says of Mary, I am the city of refuge for all those who have recourse to me. Come then to me, my children, for from me you will obtain graces in greater abundance than you could possibly imagine. St. Louis de Montfort speaks on this in the Consecration to Mary. And that's why he encourages us all to make that consecration because Our Lady can and will do for us what we cannot do for ourselves, what we cannot even imagine for ourselves. <clears throat> the Venerable Sister Mary Villani, she had a vision of the faithful seeking water from a great fountain, which in fact was the Blessed Virgin Mary. Many took water from the fountain some took it in good vessels. Others took water from the fountain in broken vessels. The ones who used the good vessels were able to preserve the water for use. Grace, obviously. The ones who used the broken vessels could not keep the water. Those in sin, that's what we mean by the broken vessels. Our Lady may still give the graces, but we can't preserve those graces if we don't have a good vessel, so to speak, as St. Paul said. Saints and sinners alike receive many wonderful graces from Our Lady, but it is the sinner who is ungracious, it is the sinner who squanders the riches given to him by the Blessed Virgin Mary. We have many generous people around here. Some of, some of you have contributed to this retreat center. Some of you have contributed to the camp and things. If we go squandering the money, you would not be too happy. If, I think we, we're pretty tight with our money. I think we're pretty cheap, if you want to use that term. Frugal. And we try to take care of the tools and things. 
Every day when the boys start the moors, they check the oil. They check and make sure that it's okay. If we squander things, the benefactor is not going to be continuous. The Blessed Virgin Mary doesn't want us to squander the graces she gives us either. St. Augustine addressing Our Lady says, Through thee, through, through the miserable obtain mercy. Through thee, the ungracious obtains grace. Through thee, the sinner, pardon. Through thee, the weak, strength. Through thee, the worldly, heavenly things. Through thee, mortals, life. And through thee, the pilgrims, their country. He says that of the Blessed Virgin Mary. The two prerogatives of Mary are her great desire to do us good and the power that she has with her son to effect the good that we ask. So she has two, per she has many prerogatives. Two of the prerogatives Mary has is the desire to do good and the power to make it happen. And this should fill us, we're men, this should fill us with great confidence to have recourse to her. Considering the visitation of Mary, we see her solicitude to help others. She went over 60 miles. She spent nearly three months with her cousin, Elizabeth, to sanctify John. That was the reason she went, the first and foremost reason. Mary was gentle and delicate as a young maiden, while at the same time she was even with child. It was her great charity that compelled her to go those 60 miles. St. Ambrose said that it was joy that hastened her steps in the fulfillment of a religious office. She didn't take the journey to inquire into the truth of what the angel told her, the angel Gabriel, because Mary rejoiced in being of service to Elizabeth's family. Good people want to help. I'm reminded of this every time I see help coming. I remember the first time I asked for money. I remember what yard I was in. I was in someone's house. There was a family that didn't have shoes for their kids, literally. I went up to the ladies. I knew they had some money. I said, how generous do you ladies feel today? This was 40 years ago. I said, how generous do you ladies feel today? And they said, what do you need, Father? I said, there's some kids that need some shoes. They reached into their purses or whatever, handed some money. I gave it to the mother, and she bought them their shoes. Mary's like that. She rejoices in helping others. Rising, she went with haste. I have the word haste highlighted here. Mary abode with Elizabeth for about three months and returned to her own home. The, as soon as Mary had heard that her cousin was with child, she went, did she know that John the Baptist was going to be the precursor? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe she did remember she was enlightened in her womb. We talked yesterday. Those of you who missed the first conference, the Blessed Virgin Mary had the use of reason from the moment of her conception. The Blessed Virgin Mary had the desire to augment God's glory from the moment of her conception. She never did thought anything that was displeasing to our Lord. She never gave any consent to any thought displeasing to our Lord. 
She always wanted to give glory to her God. She knew him to be worthy of that. And that's how we talked yesterday. She had the head start on us. She improved day after day. She doubled the graces that she had. That's how she was able to rise to such glory. The charity of Mary towards men certainly did not cease when she went to heaven. It greatly increased there. For she better knew our wants, and she had greater compassion for our miseries, our needs. The Blessed Virgin Mary was enlightened further when she went to heaven. She didn't forget about her clients here on earth. Mary desires more earnestly to good, do good for us, give us graces, than we desire to receive them. How ungrateful we are. So much so that St. Bonaventure says that she considers herself offended by those who do not ask grace from her. She considers herself offended. Mary's desire to enrich all with grace is, so to speak, part of her nature, so to speak. And Blessed Raymond affirms Mary is God's treasure and the treasure of his graces. She plentifully endows her servants with the choicest of gifts. Certainly you, gentlemen, have been blessed by God, by Our Lady. You have the faith. You have the sacraments available to you. You have the ladder by which you can climb into heaven. You have all that you need to save your soul. Think of the many millions in this country. Some religions despise her. Think of the kids of those parents who belong to that religion. What chance do they have? Obviously, they have a chance if God created them to save their soul, but they're going to have a much harder fight than you or I because they don't have the ready access channel of grace that Catholics have in our Blessed Mother. He who finds Mary finds every good, and everyone can find her, even the most miserable sinner in the world, for she is so benign that she rejects no one who has recourse to her. Her benignity is such that no one need fear to approach her. And her mercy is so great that no one meets with repulsion. Mary is always prepared to help. Mary is always ready and inclined to help us and to obtain for us every grace of eternal salvation by her powerful prayers. St. Bonaventure reminds us that the sound of her voice, the grace of the Holy Ghost, was conferred upon St. Elizabeth, as well as upon St. John the Baptist. No sooner had the Blessed Virgin greeted St. Elizabeth than the Holy Ghost is given. All the graces granted to us through Mary especially please our Lord, for it is a favor granted to his Blessed Mother. St. Germanus proclaims, Jesus cannot do otherwise than graciously accede to all that Mary asks, wishing, as it were, in this, to obey her as his true mother. He was most perfectly obedient on earth, even though he didn't have to. And I think it's correct to say he is perfectly obedient. God is perfectly obedient to her in heaven. The prayers of his mother have a certain maternal authority. Some of you married lions. As St. Thomas More said, he married a lion. 
And your kids know that, and they dare not cross mom, nor do they cross dad, I'm sure. But Mary has a certain maternal authority with Jesus Christ, so that she obtains the grace of pardon even for those who have been guilty of grievous crimes. St. John Chrysostom observes by what took place at the marriage feast of Cana. Our Lord said to his blessed mother, My hour hath not yet come. Notwithstanding his answer, he worked a miracle. The miracle she asked. Why did she ask that? Simply to, to spare the couple embarrassment? That was part of it. They ran out of wine. And he says, My time hath not yet come. And she turns to the servants, Fill up the water pots, please. Obviously, we missed some of the communication. She knew that Christ would do what she asked. And that's why she turned with confidence. All that we have recorded in Scripture is, My time hath not yet come. Woman, what is this to thee and me? Okay, and then she turns and says, Fill up the water pots, guys. Did I just lose something? Anyhow, that's okay. Let us therefore go to the throne of Mary, says St. Paul, that we may obtain mercy and find grace and seasonable aid. St. Albert calls the Blessed Virgin Mary the throne of grace. We should go to Mary to obtain all that we ask, and we should have confidence in obtaining any grace from Mary. The Blessed Virgin Mary told St. Mechtild, the Holy Ghost filling me with all his sweetness has rendered me so dear to God that whosoever seeks grace through my intercession is certain to obtain those graces. These are the words of the Blessed Virgin herself to St. Mechtild. And St. Anselm testifies that salvation, this is amazing, that salvation is occasionally more easily obtained by calling on the name of Mary than by invoking the name of Jesus. Christ is the source of all grace. This sounds like blasphemy to the Protestants. Christ is the source of all graces. You must believe that. But her petitions are more favorable than ours. Her prayers are those of a mother, his mother, and thus they have much greater efficacy. Well, I only go to God alone. I go straight to God. We don't need confession. We go straight to God. Well, our petitions have much more efficacy when they have the Blessed Virgin behind them. St. John Damascene prays, O Blessed Mother of God, open to us the gate of mercy, for thou art the salvation of the human race. As Blessed Reginald was dying, the Blessed Virgin with St. Cecilia and St. Catherine prepared, appeared to him and asked Our Lady what he would of her. And responding, he said nothing but to place himself entirely in her hands, knowing that Mary would grant him a greater grace than he was capable of asking. We need to remember that. That Our Lady gives graces more capable than we are than we are capable of asking, thinking, imagining. She then restored him to hell. Favors will be granted by those who have devotion to the Blessed Mother, to those who visit her shrines, 
I hope each and every one of you have a shrine of Our Lady in your backyard or front yard. I hope that you pray the rosary there on occasion, even if you're sitting praying the rosary. It is recorded that a certain soldier named Anseld of the city of Dole, France, received a battle wound from an arrow, which entered so deeply into his jawbone that it was impossible for him to distract the iron point which remained. It had wedged itself into the bone so deeply. We're talking years ago. I don't know the year. After four years, this poor man, Anseld, unable any longer to endure the torment and being very ill, thought of having the wound reopened that the surgeon might try again to extract that iron piece that had wedged itself in the poor man's jaw. He recommended himself to the Blessed Virgin and he made a vow to her that he would every year visit a devout image of Mary which was in the, that place and would make an offering of a certain sum of money should she grant his prayer. His prayer was to be delivered from this malady. Perhaps, probably an infected jaw, maybe even all the teeth were infected now. He had no sooner made the vow than he felt the iron drop from his jaw. On the following day, ill as he was, he went to visit the image of Our Lady. And scarcely had he placed his offering on the altar when he found himself entirely restored to health. My dear men, this ends our second conference. I would like for you to please reflect upon the Blessed Virgin Mary's capability, her ability to help you. I would ask you to reflect upon her selfless desire to help you. And I would ask you to reflect upon and resolve to augment your confidence in her efficacious will to help you.